First Timothy chapter number 6. We're going to read verse number 12. The word of the Lord says to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I want you to notice the first phrase, fight the good fight of faith. This morning I want to talk to you about the price of freedom. Father, I thank you today that, that Lord, you are willing to pay the price that we might be free from sin and free from Satan. God, I pray today if there's anyone in this room today, Lord, they have not uh, received that freedom. They are not walking in freedom today. God, I pray today that before they leave this house today, they will indeed, Lord, be set free and they will too walk in freedom. God, let your anointing rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, give us ears upon our heart, Lord, to hear the word. God, may we, Lord, uh, do what the word of God says and not simply listen and hear. But may we heed it, Father, all for your glory we ask in the wonderful and powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, we all know that this past Friday we celebrated America's independence. We understand that because of unfair and unrealistic demands and limitations that were placed upon the people of, of the original 13 colonies by Great Britain, we understand that our forefathers united together to fight for their freedom and fight for their independence. How many of you are glad they were willing to do that? Amen. And you and I today who enjoy freedom owe a huge debt of gratitude to those who paid the price for our freedom and to those that ha who have paid the price for us to, uh, to retain uh, these freedoms. I don't know about you this morning, but my hat is off to every man and every woman who have, who are, and who will serve our great uh, country and do battle to preserve our precious freedom. Last Sunday, we recognized everyone in military service, both past and present. I'm not going to do that this morning, but I, again, I want to say that my hat is off to you, and thank you, God bless you today. Well, the title of my message today is The Price of Freedom. And friend, the price of freedom is a fight. Now, here's what we need to understand this morning, and that is that our enemies... They will not just roll over for us. Our enemies, they will not just freely hand over our freedom. We have to understand that the price of our freedom is a fight. Now that is true in the physical realm, but it is also true in the spiritual realm. So this morning I want to talk about the price of freedom, but I want to talk about the price of freedom as it relates to the spiritual realm. And here's what we need to understand today, and that is that the Christian life is not a playground, but a battleground. We need to understand today that the Christian life is not about Sunday school picnics. And it's not about dinner on the ground. And the Christian life is not about dressing up and going to church and trying to outdress our brother and our sister. The Christian life is not about what position that we hold in the church. 
The Christian life is not about getting oh, oh, the solo in the annual Christmas cantata. If we understood this morning, uh, the Christian life is about going toe-to-toe with the devil on a daily basis. Now, if you want to be a wimpy, limp-wristed, powerless Christian who is no threat to the devil, if you don't mind uh, being ineffective in your witness and inconsistent in your walk and inadequate in your warfare, If this is all right, if this is okay with you, then just keep on playing church. Just keep on playing church. Just keep on, uh, you know, waiting around in the kiddie pool. Just just, just do the basics. Just do the very little that you possibly can. Uh, Just make Christianity a fire escape. Just do whatever it has to do uh, in order just not to go to hell. Just keep on playing make-believe and keep on playing and dress up. But this morning, if you are serious about becoming the man or the woman of God that God has called you to become, if you are ready to step up to the plate, if you are ready to take it up a notch or two, if you are sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you are sick of the roller coaster that you ride every single week where you're up a day or two and you're down a day or two, you're in a week or two and you're out a week or two, and you're tired and sick and tired of the roller coaster up and down relationship and walk with God that you have. I want to tell you that today is the day when you can draw the line in the sand and today is the day when you can say enough is enough and today is the day that you can go toe-to-toe with the enemy of your soul and you can walk out of this place today with freedom in your life. The price of freedom is a fight. I ask you this morning, are you ready to go to battle? Are you ready to go to battle? Are are you willing to fight the devil for what is rightfully yours? Do you desire to walk in freedom? Do you desire to be free from guilt and free from condemnation? Do you desire this morning to be free from addiction? Do you desire this morning to be free from all sinful activity? Oh, are you, are you ready this morning to be free from the effects of ungodly behavior? Oh, oh, but hear me this morning. Freedom isn't free. Freedom does not come without a fight. And the price of freedom is a fight. This morning I want to talk about four ways to fight. Four ways to fight. If you're going to do battle this morning, if you're ready to step up to the plate, if you're ready uh, to raise your hand and say, I'll enlist in the army of the Lord. I'm ready to be used by God to overcome the enemy of my soul. I want to share four ways that you need to fight this morning. The first way you need to fight is you need to fight individually. You need to fight individually. Paul says to young Timothy in our text today, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Paul was saying to his young protege, hey, Timmy, uh, it's not enough that I fight for you. It's not enough uh, that someone else fight for you. Hey, Timmy, you're going to have to fight for yourself. May I say to you today that it's not enough for your pastor to fight for you. And it's not enough this morning that your, that your parents will fight for you. And it's not enough this morning that your mate will fight for you. But listen, this morning it is time for you 
to join in the battle. It is time for you to take up your weapons. It is time this morning for you to put on the uniform. It is time for you this morning to enlist in the army of the Lord. And it is time for you to do your own fighting. May I suggest to you today that the Christian army needs more than just cheerleaders. More than just cheerleaders who simply stand on the sidelines and cheer everybody on. And maybe that's you this morning. You've been used to your pastor fighting for you. And you've been used to your parents fighting for you. And maybe your mate has been fighting for you. And maybe all you've been is just a cheerleader. And you stand on the sideline and you cheer everybody on. But listen, the Christian army today needs more than cheerleaders. But they need more soldiers. They need more warriors. They need more men and women of God that are ready to stand up and fight themselves. Our forefathers were willing to fight for what they believed in. They were willing to fight for freedom of religion. I ask you this morning, are we willing to fight for what we believe in? First of all, do we even believe in anything anymore? First of all, do we know this morning what it is that we believe? And if we do today, are we willing to fight for our beliefs, because I want to tell you that, oh, 238 years ago, yes, there was a fight for freedom, but I want to tell you that today, this very day, there's never been a day in our history and in our time and in our country when we needed more than today for people to stand up and be counted for what they believe. Do you understand what you believe, and are you willing to fight for what you believe in? Edmund Burke, a famous... Irish statement said, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. He also said, nobody made a, nobody made a greater mistake than he who did nothing simply because he could only do a little. I believe that the devil wins many a battle before it ever begins by simply convincing people that either there's already enough people in the army or that they have so little to contribute that they need not bother when the truth of the matter is we need more Christians to enlist in the army of God. Whether you have little or whether you have much to contribute, all of us are needed and there is a place for all of us in the army of the Lord. I'm giving you four ways to fight this morning. Not only should we fight individually, but number two, let me suggest today that we need to fight internally. You see, sometimes our greatest battle takes place on the inside of us. Sometimes the internal enemy is far more dangerous than the external enemy. Somebody said, I have met the enemy and I am he. You see, of all the different enemies that we must do battle with, perhaps the most ferocious, perhaps the most powerful and most dangerous enemy of all is the one that we look at in the mirror every single morning when we brush our teeth. See, I have more trouble with me than I have with anyone else. Perhaps the two greatest battlegrounds are fought in the heart and in the mind. Let me, let me suggest three battles that take place internally. We, we could talk about 30, but how many glad we're not? Three battles that take place internally. First of all, how about the battle of insecurity? 
the battle of insecurity. And everybody has had to fight this battle at some point in their life. Every single person. Maybe you were the one that got picked last at recess when you were in grade school. You take Billy. No, you can have No, you take Billy. No. Every one of us have had to fight this battle of insecurity at some point in time in our life. Now, for some, it is an occasional battle. For others, it is an ongoing daily battle. King Saul faced this internal enemy. King Saul. He's the king, man. He's the head honcho. He's he's the number one dude. But, But even King Saul faced the internal enemy of insecurity. You know the story after David killed the giant Goliath, King Saul became intimidated by him. Oh, the women said, oh, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. King Saul became intimidated by, by David. And through David's growing popularity, it caused Saul to become insecure. And out of his insecurity, he sought occasion to kill David. Saul's insecurity was the beginning of his downfall. Now the causes of insecurity are many and varied. Some of the causes include jealousy, intimidation, fear, failure, low self-esteem. The results of insecurity are extremely destructive. It brings damage to yourself as well as to other people. And here's what I've discovered, and that is that insecure people seek to bring others down. And insecure people try to sabotage the success of other people. And insecure people are constantly throwing stones at those who are doing more than they are doing. And and they throw stones at those who possess what they themselves are secretly coveting after. And I've discovered that insecure people hear things that are not even being said. And they see things that are not even there. They imagine the worst and they have faith for very, very little. Oh, oh, let me ask you this morning, has anyone here today ever battled insecurity? Or are you too insecure to admit that you have? Another internal battle is the battle of inconsistency. Inconsistency. Have you ever done battle with this one? The Apostle Paul did. The great Apostle Paul. He writes in Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. He says, I want to do what is right, but I can't. Paul said that. Paul said, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is right, but I don't. He continues to write and he says, I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. 
You see, Paul recognized an ongoing battle that he had to fight, a battle called inconsistency, a battle that takes place internally. And it's a battle between the flesh and the spirit. Jesus said it like this in Matthew 26 and 41. Jesus said, the spirit is willing. The spirit is willing, Jesus said, but he said the flesh is weak. May I suggest to you that the spirit is quick to raise his hand and volunteer. Oh, the Spirit is willing to make the commitment. Oh, yes, I'll make the commitment. The Spirit man says, yes, I was wrong. The Spirit man says, yes, I need to change. The Spirit man says, yes, I want to do better. Oh, but man's flesh screams out, no, no, no. The Spirit says, I want to do what's right. Oh, the flesh screams out, no, you don't. The Spirit cries out and says, I don't want to do what's wrong. The flesh yells, yes, you do. And so this is why we often take three steps forward and two steps back. Oh, this is why often that we will take five steps forward and then all of a sudden we will fall flat on our face. May I suggest to you this morning that the price of freedom is a fight. Oh, the flesh will not surrender to the Spirit without a fight. And when the flesh finally does raise the white flag in one area of our life, it raises its ugly head in some other area. About the time we get one area under control in our life, another area gets out of control. I suggest to you this morning, and it's just my theory, you can use yours the next time you preach. But may I suggest to you perhaps the reason why David picked up five smooth stones was not in case he missed with the first one. Perhaps the reason that he picked up five smooth stones was that he knew that he knew that there were more giants in the land. Perhaps he knew that the giant that he would get today would not be the giant that he would face tomorrow. And perhaps he knew that though I may slay this one today, there's going to be another one that's going to raise its ugly head tomorrow. You in the battle against inconsistent, inconsistency in one area of your life. Don't get too smug. Don't get too smug. There's another ugly giant lurking around somewhere in your life. Oh, and at any moment he's just about to raise his ugly head. Talking about internal battle right now. All of us are in this battle. Oh, we like to point a finger at somebody else, but Jesus said, you point at the speck in your brother's eye. You're quick to recognize the speck in your brother's eye. You're always talking about the speck in your brother's eye. But would you just look in the mirror and see there's a four-by-four coming out of your own? I love Jesus, don't you? Yours might be some mamby-pamby, limp-wristed, little, sweet little Jesus. Mine's not. He told it like it was. Whitewash sepulchers. Well, Jesus called them. I didn't. 
Man, I like my job better now. Amen. Notice the third internal battle that I'd like to talk and call your attention to today, and that is the battle of indifference. Indifference. Speaker said to his audience one day, said the two biggest problems in the world today are ignorance and apathy. He pointed to a man on the front row and said, isn't that right, sir? The man on the front row folded his hands and looked at the speaker and said, I don't know and I don't care. (laughs) Ignorance and apathy. Indifference or apathy is an internal battle that we all must fight. And let me tell you that you and I, in the land of the free, in the home of the brave, no one in the world has to fight this battle like you and I have to fight it. Yeah, we moan and groan and we're all discouraged because the second car wouldn't start this morning. Most of the world would die to have one car that would start. Hello? Indifference, apathy is an internal battle that all of us have to fight. Oh, it's easy to get comfortable. It's easy to get cozy. It's easy to get secure. It's easy to get all wrapped up in the, in the neat little package of life that we have created for ourselves. The comfortable little world that we have carved out for ourselves. Oh, and the few people that we allow in our little circle. If we're not really, really careful, we will allow complacency and apathy and indifference to rock us to sleep so that we are unaware and we are unconcerned about the enormous needs and critical issues that surround us, not only in our world, but around the world. Never forget that while we have a church on just about every corner in America, nearly half of the world has still not had an adequate presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. While we go to lunch today and we pick apart the worship team and the pastor's sermon, Half of the world have never heard that Jesus loves them and that he died for them, that he rose again, and that he's our salvation. Rocked ourselves to sleep in our own little comfortable, cozy, oh, ooey-gooey little world that we've created for ourselves. But I want to tell you that half of the world is still on its way to hell. Half of the world is still going to go to hell unless somebody tells them about Jesus Christ. Oh, we're in a battle today. Yes, we are. We're battling about the worship, and we're battling about the lights, and we're battling about the style, and we're battling about our preference. Amen. Those are the wrong battles. Those are the wrong battles. But the enemy knows that if he can get us fighting one against each other, that we won't have time, nor energy, nor resources to fight the true battle that needs to be fought. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me just be bold enough this morning to just say, if you want an internal battle, go somewhere else. 
I said, I'm going to be bold enough to tell you, if you're interested in an internal battle, go somewhere else and fight. We're not going to have an internal battle. We're going to tell you, we're going to get the gospel to the world. Amen. We're going to fight the real enemy. And the real enemy is not on the inside. The real enemy is on the outside. The real enemy is the world of the devil. And we're going to fight him. Wife's here today, and I'm still not being nice. We'll get in our car, and we'll have the weekly food fight. I want this. No, I want that. No, I want that. In our car, we start out with, where do you not want to go? What kind of food do you not want today? Let's narrow it down that far before we fight. Not much of a fight around our house. My, everybody knows that either me or Krista are going to win. Everybody else just falls in line. Hey, it's funny, but it's true, isn't it? Hey, man, we're going to leave here and we're going to fight about where we're going to eat when half of the world is going to go to bed without a bite to eat today. We're fighting the wrong battle. Fighting the wrong battle. Amen. Oh, well, we enjoy great families, great jobs, wonderful opportunities. Others are struggling in these areas. The title of my message today is The Price of Freedom, and the price of freedom is a fight. Friend, we will never be free internally. We will never win our internal battles without a fight. All right, four ways to fight. Number one, you can fight individually. Number two, you need to fight internally. Number three, you need to learn to fight intelligently. Intelligently. See, it's not always the toughest. It's not always the strongest that wins the fight. Sometimes it's the smartest. Sometimes it's the one that knows how to fight more intelligently. Let me suggest two things that will help you fight more intelligently. Number one, you need to identify your enemy. Identify your enemy. Because sometimes we're fighting the wrong enemy. And that's what much of the church is doing today, fighting the wrong enemy. Let me suggest three possible enemies. Number one, Satan. Satan is a possible enemy. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. If he's the accuser of the brethren, he's the accuser of the cistern too, all right? <laughs> Satan, he is the mastermind behind most of our battles. But it's not always Satan. Sometimes it's self. Self, we already talked about this enemy in point number two, so I'm not going to rehash what I already said everybody said. Amen or thank you, either one's appropriate. Number three, sometimes the enemy is society. Society. Friend, our world has become very promiscuous and perverted. Righteousness and morality and, and decency are laughed at and scorned today. Today you do what's right and you're mocked and you're made fun of and you're ridiculed. Wickedness and perversion are everywhere you look today. In order to fight intelligently, one must first identify who the enemy is. 
Sometimes we're fighting the wrong enemy. Sometimes we are rebuking the devil for something we brought on ourselves. I think he gets credit for a lot of things that doesn't belong to him. Amen? Like I said, the greatest enemy I know is the one I look at in the mirror when I shave and brush my teeth in the mornings. Amen? All right, once you do that, once you identify your enemy, then the second thing you need to do is you need to implement a strategy. Implement a strategy. Or develop a plan of action. If you've identified Satan as the enemy, then, then, then you are able to rebuke him. You're able to take authority over him in the name of Jesus. How many know that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world? How many know that God always leads us into triumph through Christ Jesus? How many know the Bible says that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus? Am I saying the devil doesn't have power? No, I'm not ignorant enough to tell you that the devil doesn't have power. But I am here to tell you that he's not all-powerful. I am here to tell you today that, that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and faith, amen, combined with the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, and you can rebuke the enemy of your soul and you can take authority over him and you can have power over the devil in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you've identified Satan as the enemy, then rebuke him. Take authority over him in the name of Jesus. Combat his lies with the truth of God's wonderful word. Now if you identify self as the enemy, then perhaps you are setting yourself up for failure. See, I believe that's what happens most of the time, and that is we set ourselves up for failure. We set ourselves up by, for failure by, by hanging out with the wrong people. Hanging out with the wrong people. And we set ourselves up by, for failure by going to the wrong places. And we set ourselves up for failure by, by filling our mind with the wrong kinds of things. Your strategy then would be to realign yourself with the right kind of people. Oh, the strategy then would be to stop going to the wrong places. The strategy then would be to stop filling your mind with the wrong types of things. If you have identified society as your enemy again, again, a realignment will drastically increase your odds for victory. I suggest that it is impossible to walk with God and run with the world at the same time. A realignment will drastically increase your odds for victory. I believe that for some of you here today, victory is just one breakup away. Victory for you. Uh, You don't need me to lay my hand on you. You don't need me to smear your forehead with oil today. You don't need me to say three shundies over you this morning. All you need to do, amen, is have a breakup. All you need to do is have a new alignment in your life. Never forget, you become like the people you hang out with. Notice the last way to fight, number four, and finally this morning. You need to learn to fight intolerantly. Intolerantly. See, most of our big problems in life were once little problems. Let me say that again. Most of our big problems today 
For once, little problems. Little problems that we were willing to tolerate. Because we tolerate the small irritations instead of battling them and destroying them, these small problems have grown into gigantic. Let me understand, there was a day when Goliath was a baby. I'm sure he was a big baby. But he still was a baby. Amen? The Israelites in the Old Testament, their biggest problems came about of what they were willing to tolerate. Amen? Read the story over and over and over again. God would give them victory after victory after victory after victory after victory over their enemy and God would tell them over and over, destroy this, destroy that, destroy something else, often destroy everything. They would do it for the most part. But if we kept this, we could do this. But the babies are innocent. But this, but that. God would tell them to destroy this, that, something else. They would do it for the most part and over and over and over. The Bible says except for this. Oh, they did this, they did this, they did this, they did this, they did this. But except for this, they destroyed this and that and something, but except this, except that. And these exceptions, these seemingly little things that that they tolerated instead of destroying like God commanded them, always came back to bite them. Read the story. Hey, in the story of David and Goliath, Again, it's my sermon. Preach it the way you want to when you're preaching. It's going this way today in my sermon. The rock from David's sling did not kill Goliath. It only knocked him out. The Bible says that David took Goliath's own sword. Cut his head off. You know, I've heard... Preacher talk about, you know, cutting the, David cutting Goliath's head off. They say, you know, he went over to Goliath and he took out the sword and he went over and cut his head off. Oh, the dude's nine and a half, ten foot tall. You know, his neck's that wide, you know. <laughs> David's 5'10, 140. You know, I think he finds Goliath and he pulls and he tugs. Can you imagine how much that sword weighed? And he pulled and he tugged and he got that sword out of its sheath. And I believe that David had to climb up on top of that sucker. And he had to take that sword and he sawed his head off. (laughs) There was one thing that David knew and that is while he's down he better get him out. 
David knew I've got him down. He's knocked out. But I know that if I don't cut his head off, if I don't kill him, if I don't destroy him, he's going to wake up and he's going to be one mad giant. And that's the problem with most of you when you get your giant down. Oh, you get him down, you knock him out, but you don't finish him. And when he gets back up in your life, man, he's one mad giant. What do you tolerate in your life? What is it that you tolerate? How so many things you have victory over. How, how so many things you're willing to do battle over, but there's just that little thing. That little thing that's tucked away over in the corner of your heart. You only bring it out every once in a while. God has dealt with you over and over and over, and there have been times, oh, when you got that giant down. weren't willing to destroy it, cut its head off. And in time, that giant comes to, shakes himself, and he is one mad dude. And he comes at you with a vengeance. I suggest today that whatever you tolerate in your life today, come back to bite you tomorrow. And may I suggest this morning that whatever you fail to destroy today has the possibility of destroying you tomorrow. Musicians and singers, get back in place this morning, please. Everyone else, continue to concentrate on the message. The title of my message today is The Price of Freedom. And friend, the price of freedom is a fight. Our enemies are not just going to roll over and play dead for us. Our enemies are not going to surrender without a fight. I've given you four ways to fight. You need to fight individually. You've let others fight your battle long enough. You come to church and let the pastor fight through your battle, through his message, or the worship team through their worship, or you ask somebody to pray for you at the altar at the end of the service. You've, you've been in for years. You've been letting somebody else do your fighting and doing your battle. Today's the day when you individually become an active part of the battle. Another way to fight is internally. Often the the battles are greater on the inside than they are on the outside. Intelligently, knowing our enemy and knowing our weapons and fighting intolerantly. And I'm not going to tolerate that anymore in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it. Not one more day. Maybe it's a relationship you need to break off. Maybe it's a channel or two on your television you look at late at night. You need to take it off of your, of your cable. Maybe it's the places that you hang out. 
Maybe it's the things that you do. The things that you tolerate today come back and bite you tomorrow. If you don't defeat those things today, they could very well defeat you tomorrow. Everyone standing in the house of the Lord this morning. Father, I thank you today. That we can be free. We can be free and we can live in freedom. Thank you for the freedoms of America. But this is not a political rally today. Am I American? Yes. Am I pro-American? Yes. But this is a church, not a political rally. That's not why we're here today. We're here to celebrate. Yes, thank God for our, our freedoms in our land. But most of all, thank you, Jesus, for the freedoms we have spiritually. And if we were to go into bondage to our government or other governments tomorrow, we could still be free on the inside and free from sin, free from Satan. And that's what we really need to celebrate today. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed in this room today. No one's looking about this morning. I wonder all over this room this morning, are there some things in your life First of all, is there a Goliath in your life today? Is there a Goliath? Is there a giant in your life today that you need to battle, you need to get freedom from, freedom over today? Whatever that giant might be, it might be lust, it might be greed, it might be pornography, it might be a host of things, but there's a giant in your life today. Today is the day when you're willing to do battle and you're going to believe God overcome and leave here victorious over that giant in your life. Anyone in this room, all over the room, I've got a giant in my life this morning. God bless you. Thank you. Hands are being raised in every section. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you here this morning would say, you know, there's something in my life that I allow. Something in my life that I just tolerate. I just, I just tolerate it. It's a little bitty thing. But as you said this morning, that little bitty thing, even Goliath was little at one time. And left alone and tolerated it will grow and grow into something big and gigantic in my life. Today's the day when I'm going to say I'm not going to tolerate that any longer in my life. I'm through tolerating whatever it is I'm tolerating. Can I see your hand this morning all over the room? God bless you and you and you. And you and you and you and you today. God bless you. Maybe a third of the people lifted their hand this morning. I want you to come this morning and stand in the front. We're going to pray today. We're going to do battle today. We're going to believe God today. Come on. Come on. Don't sit back. Come on, a third of the people raise their hand for something. Come on. Just somebody get started and the rest will come. God bless you. Thank you. Every section, there were, there were several people in every single section. Just come on, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Is 
isn't all. There's more. There's more. It's about half of the people that lifted their hand. Come on, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. Thank you. God bless you. Keep coming. Maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you know you should have. You can come. You can come. You can still come. Whether you raise your hand or not, you can still come. It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. You can still come. You can still come today. I'd like to have someone stand behind every person here this morning. Someone standing behind every person. Don't put your hand on them. Don't say anything to them yet. Just stand behind them. Come on, real quickly. Come on, come on. Help me out. Come on. Come on. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Just somebody standing behind them. Don't put your hand on them. Don't pray for them. Don't do anything yet. Just, just get behind them. Make sure everybody has someone behind them. Here's one over here. on in, step on in, step on in. We got three girls down here. I need some more ladies. Come on, ladies. Come on. Come on. Amen. Several girls right here. All right, I'm going to pray for you today. And I'm going to turn these prayer warriors loose on you and let them pray for you. Before we're done, we're going to have you praying for yourself this morning as well. In fact, we're going to do it in this order. I'm going to pray, then I'm going to let you pray, then I'm going to have the other people pray for you. That's the order we're going to be in, all right? All right, again, nobody's touching them, no one's talking to them. Not any better than anybody else, it's just the order. I believe the Lord wants us to pray, okay? Nothing to do with anything. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, as I see people all across this front this morning, I, I see teenagers, I see moms, I see dads, I see grandmas, I see grandpas today that are here. God, there's not a person in this whole room today that's not struggling in some area of their life. None of us have it all together. None of us are walking the perfect path. We've all sinned and have all fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us face battles in life. My battle is different than another brother's battle and a sister's battle is different than another sister's battle. And it's different. We all have different giants in our lives. I don't know if that giant is nicotine today. I don't know if it's alcohol. I don't know if it's drugs. I don't know if it's sex. I don't know if it's if it's uh, pornography. I don't know if it's jealousy. I I don't know what that giant is. It really doesn't matter. It's still a giant. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, I command every giant in every life today to be defeated. You are defeated in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in the lives of God's people. And I command you to leave in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every individual here today who is here because they are tolerating something in their life. They're tolerating something. You have dealt with them before. They know maybe it's not a big thing. Maybe it's a small thing to some. But to them, they know that it's something they're tolerating. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's just their unwillingness to stand up 
for what's right at work or in their family or in their home. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that every single one of us would recognize what it is that we are tolerating in our life. God, may we not destroy everything but that and tolerate that, but it must go also, it must leave. Right, I want every single one of you that raised your hand, you're here this morning. I want you to pray your own prayer this morning, something similar to what I prayed this morning. But I want you to do your own battling this morning. Do your own battling this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Identify the giant. Identify whatever it is that you're tolerating. Amen. And take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Get victory over it. Get it out of your life in the name of Jesus today. One-on-one, just you. You doing battle on your own for the next 30 seconds. It's just you and your own battle today. Standing behind these this morning, lay your hands on them and start praying for them in the name of Jesus. Take authority in the name of Jesus. If you're spirit-filled, pray in the Holy Spirit today. Amen. Let every bondage be broken today. Let every chain be unloosed today. Amen. May every giant be destroyed today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, fight for them and with them today.
we thank you for the giants that have been slayed this morning. Father, we thank you for the freedom that those that, that have boldly taken a step of faith and come forward have experienced today. And Lord, I pray, God, that they would do whatever it takes to keep their freedom. Lord, whatever they have to give up, whatever they need to start doing, whatever uh, situations they need to get themselves out of, uh, surrounding themselves with better friends, whatever they need to do to, to walk out that freedom they experience today, I pray that each and every one of them would make a decision right now to do whatever it takes to continue to walk in their freedom. We love you, Lord. We thank you for this amazing service. In Jesus' name, 